Click. There we go. Um, it's my favorite Adam Sandler movie, by the way. Click. Oof. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I saw that in theaters. That was a big mistake. I think. Big mistake. A favorite Adam Sandler movie is a moot point. What? They're, okay, so Waterboy's pretty good. Like, I, Waterboy's pretty good. Um, Punch Drunk Love is good, but it's not really an Adam Sandler movie per se. Um, Wedding Singer was good. Wedding Singer is pretty good. Um, I like Fifty First Dates. Like it, I kind of actually kind of like Fifty First Dates. Like I don't know if it stands. Okay, up. Fifty First Dates was okay. I don't know if it holds up today because like Rob Schneider was doing that ethnic character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like he's Mexican though. Like that's, I think. Uh, Anyways, so should we start the episode? <laughs> Let's start it. Yeah. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Hey everybody, welcome to I've been meaning I've to been listen meaning to, to that. Listen to that. <laughs> that was really bad. Uh, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Hi Ezra, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Yeah. How are you? I'm 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 really enjoying my I'm pretty. I'm enjoying my new job a bunch. Like, I don't know if he'll, like, my boss will ever listen to this, but, like, he kind of lets me, you know, he doesn't mind what I do as long as I get the work done, which is, that's an approach that I much prefer than, you know, you have to, like, be on your feet for eight hours in a row. And, like, so, like, so in the middle of my workday, I went on a run and I listened to this record. It was, like, really... Was, and then I got to the rest of my work, and it worked out pretty well. So I'm like... Oh, nice. Yeah, like, it's a yeah, much I better like environment. My job is kind of like that, too. Um, because there's so much downtime, uh, they're pretty much okay with, like, us being on our phones and stuff like that, too, as long as we uh, make sure to get the work done that we need to and, like, help guests when they show up. Um, and... So uh, I actually spend a lot of my shifts uh, editing episodes of this podcast. So. Oh, and you know, as long as long as you don't like send feet pics to like, you know, <laughs> your significant other, which we, neither of us have. So <laughs> I'm really sad now. <laughs> let's introduce let's introduce our guest. Just out into the universe. <laughs> Uh, let's introduce our guest. It's Sean Wilkinson, everybody. Hello. Hi. 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 <laughs> I feel like you should have gotten a better introduction than that. Let's yeah. let, let's yeah. go. You back. do it. <laughs> you do it. Then I'm, I'm gonna sit back. Wait, no, I don't have the energy that you have. Fine. <laughs> I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> Live from New York, it's Sean okay, Wilkinson. No. <laughs> Featuring special guest Allie from A Star Is Born, musical guest 
Jackson Maine, and your host, uh, that part in the, the original Star is Born where he walks into the ocean. That was the thing. That was like in the original Star is Born, like, spoiler alert for that movie, the way the main character, like, commits suicide is he walks into the ocean, which is strange. That's how, that's in the original cut, is he walks into the ocean. I've actually never seen uh, either of them. (laughs) I have not either. (laughs) Okay, sweet. I I was, like, so worried, because I feel like I'm the only one who hasn't seen the new one, at least, so... That's good to hear. I genuinely like it. I think it's really good. Um, I've heard yeah. it's good. Yeah. Ja- Bradley Cooper's a good actor. He's good at acting, and so is Lady Gaga. Um, so I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but like, I have like no reason to not like Bradley Cooper. But I just something about him really annoys me. I think I, I could see that from like previous like definitely like he's. I think he like does play the douche character a lot that might be it but like i don't know like i yeah, think like i think he's a good actor i just i don't know something like i don't know if it's like his face or what this is a great like introduction yeah. for me so, i'm just like uh, he, railing on someone yeah that guy sucks so um yeah. hi sean <laughs> hi um <laughs> hi um so my me- mic cut out for a little bit there sorry hey ezra but- I'll forgive yeah. you, but I won't forget this. <laughs> it, like, <laughs> because it happened like really. Okay, how many times has your mic cut out in the middle of recording? I though? think twice. <laughs> A total of two times. <laughs> I think both of them are on the episodes that I'm working on, and that's probably why it's fresh on my mind. <laughs> fresh on my mind like the time your mic cut out just now. So, hi, Sean. Ooh, Fuck hello. You. <laughs> hi, Sean. Hi. Um, Am I in the middle of something here? I don't want to. I can leave. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can no, you, it's can, fine. Could you give us five minutes? Like... <laughs> All right, be right back. Okay. Um, I'm going to go crank off. No, I can't. It's like... What? <laughs> crank off? I don't know. That's how long it takes for right. the average American to crank off. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> don't ask for him to give us five minutes if you're just going to go do that. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, hello. Um, Hi. Sean, uh... It's so How good. many times have we said hello to you now, Sean? <laughs> oh, More gosh. than his mom probably <laughs> says to him before he goes to bed. Hey. Just because she still tucks me in. You don't have to like, come at her like But that. she doesn't... Does she say hi to you, though? No, she says goodnight like a normal mom. Exactly. Every, every night. <laughs> she tucks me in. She gives me a warm glass of milk. She says goodnight. My um mom, my, my mom, when I, when I, whenever I fall asleep, she just gives me a cold block of ice, like iced, <laughs> mi- like co- like a cold cup of like frozen milk, and like dumps it on, like puts it upside down on my desk, and says like here, and then she walks out. Oh gosh! And then it just melts and gets all over your floor. Yeah, I don't turn it over because it's what I deserve. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> This is an absurd episode. Hi. <laughs> so, okay, Sean, let's get it. Let's shut up. Shut, shut up. Shut up for a second. Um, so, Sean, uh, we've known each other. You're the only one talking. <laughs> uh, we know each other from school. We, we knew each other in high school originally. 
what's been going right. what's been going on since then like I, that we kind of like oh. we worked briefly together on the first season of my show you have credit on one of the episodes um, right but like i think it was I, like the, the second episode yeah like the fourth fourth one yeah um oh, yeah sure <laughs> it's a good it's a good one i i really like that one a lot like um mm. but like uh although we cut a lot of your jokes <laughs> <laughs> understandable but like uh, i'm not funny it's okay um <laughs> no what are you talking about you had that great riff about your mom tucking you in oh true thank you yeah you are funny <laughs> so <laughs> so uh yeah what's been going on since then like what have you been up to uh, well, so I graduated in 2015, uh, and then I went to the com community college for two years and I got like my associates in arts, uh, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, uh, wasn't sure like what I actually wanted to study. Um, but now I took like two years off and just worked like for two years straight and that was not fun. Uh, but I made that money. So that was cool. Um, and now I'm back, uh, I'm yeah, actually at back. a university. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I'm at uh, a university now, and uh, I'm actually studying uh, music and sound. So wow. I'm going to learn to do like sound, sound design. So this is very oh, nice. appropriate. This is good practice. So. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, meanwhile, me and Ezra have just been like cranking around <laughs> for the last five Crank, years. Cranking off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like saying that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> That's why I haven't said it. <laughs> good, yeah, good reason. So um, today we're we're here we're here today to talk about Lana Del Rey's Norman freaking Rockwell. Fucking say Whoa. it. Fuck you, Andrew. <laughs> why don't you say the actual album title? Norm I thought that it was. I thought that the album title was censored because when you originally pitched the idea of doing this album to me. You censored it. I said Norman like in Fing our personal Rockwell. conversations where you usually fucking curse. Whoa. Was this in person or over text? You to oust me like this. This was like over Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even want to type it out on Messenger. That's, that's <laughs> well, dedication. He like swears all the time in messenger and he didn't want to type norman fucking rockwell which is the title of the album it's so, art andrew so here we're, we're talking about this lana del rey record respect the artist <laughs> yeah. and say the actual title of the album no, here's, here's the thing like i'm i'm actually like writing um you know how like taylor swift is like recording re-recording all of her records again i'm going what? to yeah, she's going to, because of, like, the Scooter Braun incident, where, like, Scooter Braun mm. bought her old company, and, like, she's really upset about that. Uh, um, she wants to, like, go back, and she's going to re-record all her songs so that she has ownership over them. And, like, you know, that's a oh. cool way to, like, revisit, you know, her old music. Um, but, like, yeah. w with, with me, I'm going to re-record this record and call it Norman Freaking Rockwell, and uh, I'm going to do all the instruments and all the vocals and stuff. And uh, I'm going to compete. I'm going to put Lana on the freaking street. So <laughs> I would like to see how this turns out. So really good. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine that's the only reason you would say something like that is. <laughs> OK, so we're here to talk about Norman. <laughs> 
fucking Rockwell. Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Sean, uh, I guess, what are your pre- preconceived notions with Lana Del Rey before coming in here to record this? Uh, before um, we're coming in to listen and to record this episode. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like really a big fan of hers. I like I heard her first album when it came out, however many years ago that was. Um, 2012. And I yeah. like, was it 2012? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, that was like sophomore year of high school, I think. Jeez and uh, I, I know. You're I was such like, a baby. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, His mom still tucks him in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and I just, I don't know. Like, I, I liked the album at the time. And um, I think mainly just because I thought, like, I didn't feel like there was anyone doing that kind of thing where she was doing those like jazzy vocals with the kind of like lush like strings behind her with the hip hop beats and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this is really unique and kind of new. And uh, I don't know, like I liked the first album and then she put out like the whatever her next album was. I didn't do my research. Um, And uh, I don't know. I just like I guess I lost interest. It just a lot of it sounded the same. well, her next album, I think, was an extension of her first album, so there's, that makes sense. There's Paradise, oh, yeah. and then there's um, Ultraviolet. Uh, Ultraviolence, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay, then, yeah, Ultraviolence is a different one. Yeah. The next, like, actually different one, so yeah. And I tried, like, like just, like, last week, I tried listening to it again, and I was like, I just, I don't know, I can't really do it. Um, and I don't know, I think, like, I like her as a person, I just think her music was, it got kind of boring, and uh, just never really like had enough to kind of keep me captivated. So yeah, I will. I don't know. I will. I like her. I like her a great deal. I've liked her more than when I like for kind of first listened. Um, but and I, I I like this record a lot. But like the thing is like when I was like driving to work today and like on my you know discovered weekly playlist there was a Lana song from her previous record. And I listened to it. I was like, I don't want to listen to this. Like, right. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's a lot. To, it's a lot. Of, it's it's it is hashtag mood. But it's like a lot of that mood, <laughs> like, is a lot to take. Like, is a lot to digest in like a short amount of time. So well, and I think part of it is like a lot of it's just very overproduced. Like there's so much going on, I feel like. Um and I don't know. And that's why, like, I when I heard the new album, I really liked it, like, right off the bat. And uh, I think it's just because it's a lot. It's like it feels more stripped down to me, whereas with her older yeah, stuff, there is a lot going on. I think her sounds like matured a lot. Since yes. Then. That was like my big takeaway from it was like, wow, she has like she's really come a long way, I feel like. Yeah. Well, let's get into like, you know, lot like let's get into like the themes of the record and. Also, yeah, we could discuss Lana as a what person. What about my preconceived notions, well, we already... Andrew? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you got? No, let's, let's hear it. it. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> no, now I feel all this pressure to, like... <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> so, like, these really good well, takes. Well, the reason I didn't ask was because uh, we did the Born to Die episode, and we kind of talked about it a little then. But, like, oh. I guess about... Well, yeah, we talked about, like, kind of our... Um, like, what we thought of Lana Del Rey, but... Uh, I was just kind of going... I actually prepared this time. (laughs) I was going to talk about, like, what I expected um, since it has been, like, a few months since we recorded Born to Die and, like, uh, since this is kind of a unique experience being that, like, 
it's not only a new album to like each of us, but it's a new album to like the world too. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though this is going to be released in December. So I was just going to say that like, uh, what? It's, it's going to be released <laughs> oh, in well, December. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm <laughs> saying like new. at the yeah, time yeah. of recording this, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to undermine uh, everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there's just a week between like releases of these episodes see, too so fine whatever i rescind my rights to preconceived notions no 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 okay 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 no 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 i really i do want to hear this because of uh i, I can do mine real quickly then um well it's helpful for me to hear too um sure I, i'll do mine really quickly then um just uh i remember being exciting for being excited for this on some, although I wasn't a big fan of the singles, I, I listened to them beforehand. I didn't; they didn't feel like they had like a discernible personality. Um, mm-hmm. They were just like kind of like they were just. It was just kind of there. I was like listening to it, like all these singles, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I like kind of moved on with my like with the Taylor record and all those singles. Even though those singles aren't very good, at least it's like, "Oh, it's it's there," you know. With it, with the Lana record. It was easy to not pay attention to the lyrics and easy not to really think about it too hard. And like, it isn't like a particularly like punchy, emotional thing when you first listen to it. But like, as you listen to it, it gets more and more potent, um, I would say. Well, yeah, I didn't listen to any of the singles, um, but like... I feel like all of these songs go together so much that like listening to any individual track and having like that be the way that I was introduced to it would be um, kind of like a weird yeah. way to just jump in, like kind of jumping in halfway. Yeah, it, it felt like very um, out of context. Like I took her sadness out of context. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, shame on you. Yeah, she ain't no candle in the wind. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I, here I was thinking she was a candle in the wind, and but she's not. <laughs> like, Should have known better. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's yeah. funny. Like you said, you said that like when you you heard the singles and you didn't think like, what did you say about the like lyrics? You didn't. I didn't pay attention to them really. See, I felt like with the. With this album as a whole, I feel like compared to her past stuff, it's like the lyrics are the first thing that stand out to me. Whereas with her other music, it's it's all the instrumentation that stands out first. Mm, I actually I do agree. If you, I actually like 100 percent agree with you now, having mm-hmm. now that I know the record more and more and more familiar with it. Um, that right. I sure. agree with you 100 percent. But at the time, that's how. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, too. Right. So what about you, Ezra? Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Well, I'm rubbing I... my hands together. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So I um, haven't listened to a lot of uh, Lana's like newer albums. Like I haven't listened to any of Lust for Life. Um, and I uh, have only listened to like a couple of songs off of Ultraviolence um, back when my ex was kind of trying to like get me into Lana originally. Um, and uh, like... So I wasn't, uh, like, it was just kind of, like, jumping from, like, the beginning of her career to, like, where she's at now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, even just kind of like looking at the uh, album covers and the titles of the songs and everything, uh, I was kind of like uh, aware of the fact that like <clears throat> she's in a different place now and stuff. And uh, I uh, was trying to uh, contextualize her sadness, I guess, <laughs> and uh see kind of like the role that that um, has in her life now. And uh, yeah, she seems um, somewhat happier and like mm -hmm. freer than she was before. Um, and like, I know that she kind of says herself on the album that like happy isn't necessarily the right word for it, but like she generally seems sad. in a lot better of a place than she was in before. And so uh, I was really excited to go into this. Yeah. So this record is produced by Jack Antonoff, who also produced Lover by T. Sweezy. Um, my and Melodrama. Melodrama, that's right. Melodrama, yeah. parts of uh, St. Vincent's record. Um, the uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, that's great. Like, uh, Red, you know, he came out of a release with Soundwave, and uh, I forgot the guy's name, but, like, it's, like, a project called Red Hearse, which is pretty great. You know, bleachers, <laughs> fun, all that stuff. He's, he's, inc I really am grow, have grown over the course of this year, this, like, month, to be a real... We stand a queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for, for real, like, I, that's, like, a, he, I like his pop, oh, Carly, he did some Carly stuff, too. Um... He oh. produced uh, I Want You In My Room, which is a great, great song. Um, oh. Want you in my room, on the bed, on the floor. I'm also re-recording <laughs> all of uh, Carly's catalog. It's nice. I'm doing um, uh, smoot, like smooch, then it's, um, what's it called? Um, feelings. <laughs> and then um, the, the thir her third record, uh, I Want to Be Near You, instead of Dedicated. So... <laughs> that's beautiful yeah yeah uh so okay um yeah he's like he record he produced the majority of this record alongside lana um and his production on this is really really you know you know he i like his pops i like his pop sensibilities when he produces pop songs and like all that stuff but like i think with, with this record he his fingertips are like barely like discernible almost like he kind of like fades in the background and he is like the, his production is like you said, more to support the lyricism, more to support the voice itself. Right. And that's a really, really, that's what I really, really like about this, the production in this one. Um, right. Well, and but, I feel like too, like if this instrumentation, like the stripped down, instrumentation of this album would have been behind any of her previous stuff it wouldn't have been the same because of the lyrics of her her other stuff yeah. just because i feel like her lyrics now are a lot more mature she's tackling like bigger bigger issues i guess um so i feel like i feel like the, the stripped down instrumentation is really like really key to this this album well yeah but, and born to die specifically like largely talks about um her early life and right. uh like her uh, issues with like alcoholism and drugs and partying and um, like going to rehab and things like that mm -hmm. uh, stuff that she dealt with like before she was even 18. And right. uh, so like, it makes sense that it would kind of have a more like, uh, I don't know, 
primitive sound, I guess. Uh, but then this, uh, like this album, she's matured. She is in a different place, like emotionally and geographically. Um, and she, uh, yeah, like she just isn't there anymore. And so like Mm -hmm. the, uh, like stripped down stuff works a lot better for her. Yeah. Basically, like, yeah, I agree. The partying and drugs and stuff like that, like that wouldn't have worked with like a stripped down, like sincere kind of tone. Well, let's right. let's talk about like her maturation um, and how you think. How do you think she has grown and matured? What is that? What is that specific different place you're referring to when you say that? Well, I, I mean, I feel um, like... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I mean, so I was going to say, like... Um, well, I feel like, from what I remember of her past music, a lot of it... Like, a lot of the lyrics she was talking... And she still is, but about, like, heartbreak and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. From what I remember, I feel like a lot of the lyrics were, like, she was kind of blaming herself. Mm. Um, but now I feel like with the like right off the bat from the the first line of the album she's like Gosh what did she say like man child, man child. <laughs> um, yeah she's like like I'm like spill that You're tea bumming you know me out, <laughs> 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 um, yeah the first song is like it has me hanging on every word like right, from that exactly. first line goddamn man child like hell yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and she just she seems very confident and like pr- pr- like proud of herself, I guess. Yeah. Um and just it's just it's very it's a nice change to hear. I don't know. Like it I'm more interested, I guess. Not that like sad music is bad or anything like that, but I don't know. It, I was just I was very intrigued right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like the big difference from this record and the born to I have not listened to any of the in between. Um, I might get into it eventually, but like I have not listened to any of the in between records. So like it's kind of like the kind of I've like listened to the bookends of her main career. Even though she's like had stuff before this, um, before Born to Die, she was like Lizzie Grant. Um, I, I don't know what that is. I haven't listened to any of that though. Um, but like mm-hmm. um, the difference I see is that she's not necess- She's still dealing with depression. She's still dealing with a lot of, like, you know, lackluster boyfriends or even, like, actively bad boyfriends or toxic boyfriends or anything like that. She's still dealing with that stuff. That stuff hasn't necessarily completely gone away. Although, I will say, like, you know, from, you know, a kind of gross, skeevy, like, you know, toxic person to, like, a man-child is a minor upgrade, I would say. But, like, (laughs) it's a... But it's, like, you know, whatever. Um, But... I would say it's it's not that it goes away or like heartbreak or like she isn't like necessarily closer to being completely at peace or completely happy. But I think she the difference is she's able to manage it better. She's able to be more yeah. realistic with her expectations, with how she right. copes with things. I think in the in the second Mariners hotel complex uh, apartment complex. Um, she says a line of like, "I'm doing the best I can. Like, 
I know I fucked up. I see. I said it. I know I fucked up, but I did. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Just like, first of all, yeah, like Sean was saying, like a confidence that wasn't there before is informing her work right now. But there's also, um, acknowledgement of her flaws. She's not. She's not like in denial or trying to dissociate from them necessarily. Um, I think in Bartender, she alludes to not drinking anymore. Um, right. So that's really, that, yeah, that, automatically that's like a huge step in progress. But like, I think it's also very true to life in that this stuff doesn't necessarily go away completely. Um, and I like how, I mean, there is, you, uh, I don't, I think it's in Mariner's apartment complex too, but she talks about, or that she has a line that's like, um, your poetry's bad and you blame the news. And she's like, you know, I can't change that and I can't change you or whatever. And she's like, yeah, like, you know, shit's still happening. Like there's nothing I can do about it though. And it's, it's going to be what it is, you know? So I don't know. I think she's like, she's recognizing it, but she's handling a lot, a lot better. Like you said, it's, um, I would also like the, there, there, I see, I see two sides of it. Like, there is a level of acceptance where acceptance and managing of it, where it's like, obviously you shouldn't put your partner on a pedestal. She's kind of like working through like these feelings of, you don't need to, to, she's saying to her partner, you don't need to be this perfect person. You don't need to be stronger than who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you are flawed. I know you're a man, you know, you're just a man. That's what you do. I know that's a part of it, but there's the other side of it where it's more resignation of like, I guess I'm just bound to be unhappy forever. You know, I guess I'm like never going to find, I think there's like that, the, that is the, that's the other shade of the record, which is very compelling to me. Um, but still managing to find hope, still managing to like keep pushing forward and like keep looking for, that love that she so craves and desires. It's very compelling to right. me. And that's why I like the last track so much too, is it's like, I mean, it's ending with the sign of hope basically. Like yeah. she's like, Hey, things can potentially get better. So yeah. I, I think it's like, I think it's really effective. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I think that it, and like it, uh, begins and ends in the perfect place. Yeah. Like there are a few parts in the middle where um it gets a little iffy i guess on like uh what exactly the um i don't know thesis of the album is supposed to be i guess right. mm -hmm. but uh like i think that the kind of bookends of it are exactly what they need to be yeah well let's talk about like let's get into like the low lights of this record like what you know, I don't think, yeah, let's get into the low lights of this record of like, let's get into that iffy middle, I would say. Like, what, Ezra, what do you think is like iffy about some of the middle sections of the songs? Um, well, uh, for highlights and lowlights, I specifically like, I wrote down specific songs mm. rather than like the uh, well, that's, that's what I meant, themes I would say, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, but uh, I uh, the um, lowest point probably uh, for me is the next best American record. Mm. Uh, I agree. I 
I think that it's just um, almost dissociative. Uh, it like the beginning of the song, like with the uh, like finger picking like style thing, um, like it uh, is pretty and like it sounds like it might go to an interesting place, and then like it very quickly um, just gets kind of boring and very like uh, predictable. It like falls flat. Um, yeah. It has a very basic structure, like not very much growth. Yeah. Um, and it uh, is like, yeah, the best way to describe it is just saying like it feels dissociative. It, I, yeah, it's not very capt. It's not very captivating. Like, there's not a lot I feel like to pull you into it and like keep you keep your attention on it. I don't know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And like the thing about this song that's weird is. This is actually from her previous record. Like, it's like a holdover. Mm -hmm. So that's why it feels a little, like, out of place, too. Like, even musically, even though, like, that one song, uh, Do In Time, is by a different producer. It's a Sublime cover, yeah. Yeah, that Sublime cover is from a different... Yeah, and that fits better than this does. (laughs) Yeah, like, so it feels like from a different, like, place. It it feels like a Born to Die kind of song, I would say, almost. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't like it that much. It, it was, it's also six minutes long, you know? I know some of the songs were that long, but it felt like that felt longer, I would say. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, like, Venice Bitch was uh, the nine longest nine. song she's ever yeah. done at nine minutes and, like, 30 seconds or something. And uh, that one, like, is actually Ooh. really interesting, though. Like, my opinion's changed of it a little bit since I talked to you about it. Yeah, I, say, um, same. I, I, like, I still think it's, it's also, like, you know, because I'll, like, listen to it. When I had it, just, when I first listened to it, I just kind of sat down and, like, listened to it. Like, I sat in an empty room, and, like, there were no, like, in a dark, in a dark, empty room where all the, <laughs> where all the walls were white. And, like, <laughs> um, I was, um, it was self-voluntarily self-deprecation. Wait, no, that's not Wait. the term. <laughs> Were you in solitary confinement? Yes, that's right. Okay. That's what it sounds like. What I said was all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was in solitary confinement. Um, But like, um, yeah, just, you know, listening to it, like walking around, I was like, get to it. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't need a second guitar solo. But like, now that... Uh, Oh my gosh. I, 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 I like Venice, bitch, but... Those goddamn guitar solos. I think I, it could be three minutes shorter, I would say. Exactly. Yeah, I think <laughs> it is a little, like, self-indulgent. Yeah. And I, the, I mean, the, I just, the guitarless solos are, like, I think objectively not that good. Yeah. And the tone, the guitar tone itself is very unique. It feels kind of out of place to me. It, yeah. yeah. It's, like, very robotic, and I don't know, it, it just felt very out of place to me. So, Venice but, Bitch... Um, Venice Beach. I'm sorry, I got the title wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Venice Beach. Uh, then uh, I would say Bartender is also a l- not. I don't think that's. Oh, as I new. like Bartender. Yeah, I did too. I, I like it too, but like I the I feel like it could be cut from the. I feel um, if you cut Venice Beach, um, uh, Best American Record, and Bartender, it would be. Like at least three minutes from Venice Beach, by the way. Um, 
uh, <laughs> it would be a better record to me, um, where it's like flowing from the greatest to uh, flowing to, from the greatest to uh, happiness as a butterfly to the end song. Um, I think that would be a better sequencing of the record. I like the song Bartender, but like it doesn't, I feel like it's a detour from the theme she's like kind of building on top of herself, on top of it a little bit, I would say. I don't right. think so, because I think that something that she's talked about a lot in this album and something um, like as I was reading a little bit more about this album that like I see she's talked um, more recently about as well um, is uh, just the issue of like privacy and mm-hmm. um, like I don't know. I guess the uh, pains of being famous and stuff, uh, which like I don't know. I said that in kind of a flippant way, but like that would really suck if like every time that I went out, somebody was taking pictures of me and like would feel suffocating, like not being able to get away from that. Like she apparently has a song called uh, 13 beaches. That's specifically about 13 bitches going to (laughs) (laughs) going to 13 (laughs) beaches before she could find one where she could be alone and Mm. not having somebody like in her face, um, invading her privacy, trying to take pictures of her. She had people uh, breaking into her previous home to like steal things and, uh, like just steal little like mementos, I guess, and it's just really sick how and she had to like write on like her. The paparazzi she had to write on her arm to remember what and, they were. Fuck off. <laughs> and uh, so, the, like bartender um, talking about uh, like buying uh, a truck, car, and like leaving and buying a truck and leaving in the middle of the night, and. Uh, like doing all of kind of having all of these measures that she takes to uh, evade this kind of attention, like does fit into that. And Mm -hmm. that is something that she talks about in some of the other songs on this album as well. So like, I think that it fits in and it fits in like uh, stylistically as well. It fits in stylistically, I I would say. Yeah, for sure. I thought it worked well in the, the album. I, uh, I, on a different note, I, I didn't really like the Sublime cover that much. Uh, that felt more out of place than, than Bartender to me. I could, see, I could see that. Like, I, I like that song. I like the Sublime cover. I like cover. the song, too. Um, it's like... Well, I guess, I guess I, I like the song. Like, I like... The cover's not bad. It doesn't really differentiate much from the, like, the original song. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. It just felt out of place on the album to me. But... Like, it could have easily gone on one of her other records, I feel like. And I think she's been covering it for a while, right? It was for, she did it for a documentary about Sublime. And then she said, hey, I'm going to oh, put it in my record right. anyways. Um, so, right, okay. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's, I like the Sublime cover. It's like, I do, like, it does, I don't know why, where it, completely fits you know thematically um because mm-hmm. you know she's the it's from a perspective of like a domestic kind of abuser guy <laughs> like or like you know someone who's like has those thoughts at least um mm-hmm. of like you know committing violence um so i don't really 
but I like it. You know, it's a fun, funky summer jam. I like the, I like the, um, I like the music video where she's, she's like a Godzilla. She's like, you know, herself, but she's like very large and she's like walking through like the city and she's, <sighs> she's very big. Large and in charge. Yeah. Uh, on the Pophead subreddit when that. I was going to say large and in charge. Large and in charge. <laughs> yeah. That's better. Why? Why would you say that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, but like, then I thought about it like, wait, why? <laughs> Um, I'm in a lot of cat groups on Facebook, okay? <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> that's why I sent you that cat picture earlier, too, Andrew. Um, <laughs> this is us right now. So, <laughs> An absolute unit. It was like a fat... Um, it was like a picture of, like, a chunky cat. <laughs> chunky. Um, but, like, um, by the way, like, the the discourse on, like, pop heads are, like, on the Reddit page, pop heads is, like, very funny to me. Like, there's they're, like, occasionally, like, very intricate discussions about like yeah this pop star did this blah 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 like like real in, intelligent smart discussions but every so often there'll be a comment like ooh step on me with your sandals mom <laughs> just like, <laughs> <laughs> like those are the ones I love <laughs> <laughs> I love it too <laughs> make no sense it makes plenty of sense I want love <laughs> I think it's like come like a lot of these people are like you know I also think, like, these people who are on these Reddit boards, like, want to die. <laughs> like, so that's why they oh, say, I'm <laughs> sure. say things like that, even though they're, like, kind of joking, too. Uh, okay. So, any other lowlights on this record before we move on to a break? Uh... Um, I thought that uh, California was a little bit of a lowlight. I think that it's beautiful and, like, uh, the way that it starts just like the um kind of uh i don't know like quiet like kind of croaking vocals that she does um but i think <laughs> shut the fuck up um but i think that uh, as it goes on like once it gets to kind of verse two like i lose interest a little bit i yeah i'm looking at my note oh go ahead I love. Oh, sorry, you, you. No, go ahead. I love it. That's all. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I'm looking at my notes that I that I took just on all the songs, and I, I had uh, don't care for this one as much, and then I had one that said uh, again with the spoken word slash singing because she does that a lot where she like does that weird like she's kind of like talking but like singing a little bit over it at the same time, and like. I, uh, uh, in your arms, I'm a star. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't want to do yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, just something about it, like, I think it can be done, like, I think it's good at times, but I just, for the most part, it just kind of annoys me. Annoys, I don't know. It annoys you. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. God, like, ah, oh, Lana, leave me alone. You're I'm listening like, just to sing it already. Like, just sing it. <laughs> you got to sing it, girl. Just like. Yeah. Um, it just seems very cheesy to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't elaborate on it, but it just. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Yeah, there are some times when it feels sincere, and then there are some times when it does feel a little, like, forced. Right. Shoehorned in there. Mm. Yeah. I feel like she does it a little too much, too. Yeah. But that's just me. I personally love this song. I think it's, like, 
It is just to you, Sean. Nobody agrees with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say after I just agreed with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the Ezra truth? is like a figment of Sean's imagination. Like, like <laughs> what? On the, uh, anyways, um, I love this song. I, I think I just like personally relate to it a lot of just like when, you, you know, just like um, I've, it's a lot of like, um, I've had a lot of like people I've really loved and like cared for, like live far away. And then mm -hmm. just like whenever we're in the same area, I'm like very like excited and very like wanting to connect with them in that way. And like, that's like, I, I really felt her pain and I really felt her predicament in this song a lot. So I like it. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do. I feel like on a lot of, this isn't necessarily for California, but um, I feel like on a lot of the tracks, she, like California wasn't one of my favorites. And I think on a lot of the tracks, she just does a good, like she does a good job of building the track up. But then I feel like it just ends up kind of like letting me down a little bit, mainly like vocally. Like there's times, I think it was on Venice Bitch, where she, there's this big like build up for the song. And I feel like she has this potential just to like, really like let out these strong vocals. Um, and I just, I feel like she like lets, lets me down a little bit. And uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like on California, it's kind of the same where it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of potential there, but it just doesn't, she doesn't well, go all the way. Because it starts out so reserved and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's going to build um, into like this really big, like larger than life thing. Like and then California. the chorus is just a little... <laughs> The chorus yeah, is just a just little like underwhelming, um, but like that's that's what I was like talking. Kind of has me, and then like the verse, like verse two, uh, it just kind of like goes back down mm. um, with just a little bit more instrumentation, and right. like I feel like she kind of uh, leans on that same strong stru structure, like the uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, like thing. Uh, as like and like a lot of times even without a bridge um she just like kind of leans on that as a crutch and like i think that she could do so much more than that like she has a lot of potential that she's not letting out because she has like a really nice beautiful range mm -hmm. yeah that's like i mean that was one the big takeaway from this or not the big takeaway but one of the big takeaways from this album was like wow her vocals are a lot stronger oh she sounds like but, an angel yeah. in this like yeah there's like any like any like you know even like when i listen to born to die and that out record's good uh, that record's great but like um i was still kind of like is she a good singer though like a little bit right. with like especially with the snl performance but this is like unequivocally that, yeah. just like oh she's a she sounds like an angel she her vocals are on point beautiful incredible yeah like toss my wig step on me with your sandals mom <laughs> 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 I made a joke on like Facebook the other day of like wig snatched. I'm actually really sad that th this burglar stole my wig. He was all my grandfather <laughs> left me in his inheritance. Just like, <laughs> 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 just, I'm gonna, gonna need that back. Yeah, that's all I have like <laughs> to remember him by. Um, no, um, what? Well, yeah, like um, anyway. 
yeah, it's a good song. It's California. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to, what point <laughs> I'm trying to make. <laughs> like, cause, I, cause I was about to say, yeah, California is a great song, but we don't all necessarily agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to a break. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to take a short break. <laughs> I did it already. <laughs> I did the thing I do. It's just in. We're going to take a break. Well, I, no, I was saying it while you were, but I think that there was a delay because my internet is slow. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. Da 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 da. Let's move on to the highlights. Right. Three, baby. two, one, and we're back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, as I say, you're lying. Uh, I feel like I already kind of said that we're back by saying let's oh, move on to the but highlights. Like, you don't just like. <laughs> You don't just like come back for a commercial break, just like coming in hot like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah, the, you don't, bitch. You're, you're right. I'm sorry. I am a bitch. Anyways. <laughs> so um, let's get into the highlights, baby. I say baby, you too. You don't just steal my line like that. <laughs> Actually, you say baby more convincingly than I do, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I say it, like, you can kind of feel that, like, I've never said that before in my life. <laughs> it's, it's like when your dad says swag. Oof. Yeah, that's not, that's not yeah. good. Yeah. Baby. Anyways. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Shots is pretty good. Um... <laughs> Oh, you say baby too. <laughs> too much, too much comedy, Bang Bang. <laughs> Reggie, get out of here. <laughs> I got. I don't know how he's. I here. I'll do my best Reggie Watts impression. <laughs> I gotta go to uh, the Late Show with James Corden. Gotta go. That was him. That's pretty. That was good. I was closing my eyes. I was like, is that, is that Reggie? <laughs> I haven't, I've like, I've seen like a few clips of that show and he seemed to really be underutilizing him, by the way, over there. Like, which oh, is really yeah, sad. I forgot he was on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like legit forget, like, did he leave? And then like, <laughs> yeah. he'll show up again and be like, oh, he's there. there. Hey, Reg. <laughs> they like, just cut to him. Yeah. Um, Reggie's anyways. in the Yeah. So Lana's in that house in the... <laughs> I don't know. The highlights. Um, the highlights. Uh, Fuck it, I love you has been stuck in my head all week, and <laughs> it is gold and amazing, and we stand a queen forever. <laughs> um, why, do, why do you say that ironically and get me, like, start saying it, like, non-ironically? So <laughs> No, it's fun. It's fun. I love... I, I like saying it. I, I do, like... I do, you know, because that song, because that saying comes from like an Eminem song that's like about like a stalker. I'm, I'm like a little wary about it sometimes, but I, lo I, I love saying it too. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, freak it, I love you. It's a good one. Oh. I, <laughs> I love the. Uh, you can't. That that sounds. Gross. You can't Freak. not say the actual title of the song. Crank Fuck it, it, I love you. Crank it, I love you. <laughs> ew. That's, I'm, even I'm like, ew. I don't like that at all. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm the gross one on the show. Um, so, 
like it, there's like this thing about like clean comedians of like they're actually like kind of gr- like actually kind of gr- they're because they're like holding back a little more their their minds are actually probably dirtier and like you know Bob Saget just like he's actually like a filthy gross man <laughs> like, he's th- like very- yeah <laughs> I think comedians should say whatever comes to their mind personally just yeah. whatever whatever crosses their mind whatever comes to your mind oh yeah. c-o-m-e by the way like yes <laughs> uh, th- I, was totally- just, I was just i was just repeating because i didn't understand what you were saying also for the record comedians <laughs> should not say whatever they want to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> that yeah. would be that's that's not good <laughs> by the way like next episode we're um we're having Shane Gillis on, so it's like I'm really excited. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. You just announced <laughs> the Shane Gillis free podcast. <laughs> uh, he needs work now. Not, he needs work. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are paying him, right? <laughs> you guys are paying him to be on here. I don't know. So, um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Fine. I love sometimes like it just pops into my head the fact that uh like we released these episodes like a few months after we record them. So like this is going to be completely irrelevant by the time that we release. Yeah, he's it. probably gonna be hired back on the show. <laughs> just like Oh gosh. He's on we- <laughs> he's on weekend update, like with Jost and Shay. <laughs> like just like <laughs> oh, here's so, what I think um, about Asian people. Just like he gets his own like little corner. He actually takes over for Lauren. <laughs> He's, like, oh. He's the new Lauren Michaels. You actually have my job now. Uh. <laughs> Get back here with my job. That's a very funny idea. This Lauren. <laughs> Get back here with my job. He's like very quiet too. He's like, he doesn't know how to shout. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny enough anyone saying that but then Lord saying it and Shane Killis executive producer Shane Killis and like Shane Killis makes cameos and like the sketches like Lord oh does God. just like oh. oh only with white people though yeah anyways uh <laughs> Freaking I love you. <laughs> Fucking I love you. Yeah. Um, is a beautiful song. It's like uh, very. Um, I, I don't know. Like I was uh, reading genius annotations as one shouldn't do about an album that just came <laughs> out because all of them suck. <laughs> um, but uh, there was somebody talking about the song and like uh saying that like the chorus was uh and uh I know right <laughs> basically <laughs> sorry <laughs> saying basically like that uh like fuck it like refers to like a feeling of letting go and just indulging in one's desires like you know like uh like I don't care I'm going to like love the person anyway and stuff but like it feels uh more like 
like it doesn't feel like a romantic situation and i feel like the person who wrote whatever uh makes it sound a lot more romantic like it feels like it's this toxic thing and that it's like she even says like uh that like it's killing her slowly and mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. like it just um it feels like the kind of love that it's like uh, not really what love is supposed to look like and it's like dark in a way and uh, twisted and like the Joker. <laughs> it's like loving the Joker. Yeah. You ever you ever notice that like, like you ever notice that like society is like the bad guy and like <laughs> you just want to burn it all. <laughs> uh, but like having been in like a toxic like bordering on like emotionally abusive relationship um i uh definitely like get that feeling and everything and like Mm -hmm. uh so i think that there's something uh like really um darkly appealing about this song yeah. i guess especially with like the sure. verses being um, so somber and like down and like the chorus is more upbeat but it's still like a foreboding dread with it too as well yeah yeah uh sean, absolutely what, what, what's a highlight for you sean <laughs> uh <laughs> i really liked um i mean we talked about it a little bit already but mariner's apartment complex it's mm, good um, one I think it was a great single. And yes, I that was going to be the next one that I talked about. <laughs> yeah, because I just love how, like, she's so confident on this this song. Yes. And, um, like, she has a line about, she's like, I'm the lightning, I'm the thunder. And I'm like, oh, Ooh. yes, girl. <laughs> uh, Strike me with lightning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. song is, like, Strike everything down, that girl. I could hope to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, uh, lines like... They mistook my kindness for weakness. Um, mm-hmm. I fucked up. I know that, but Jesus can a girl just do the best she can? Like yeah. that's uh, so powerful, and mm-hmm. uh, like she seems so larger than life in this song. Yes, I yeah, I I love that. She I, ain't no candle in the wind. That song is um, has a great build and a like great start build and dismount um i would say um it's one like mm-hmm. i think it's the appropriate length it doesn't like drag on yeah. all too long and like um yeah the songwriting's incredible and like um i really like that song um i love the chorus yeah 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 i don't know but and then i thought the uh like i really liked the greatest as well yes um, oh my yeah. god the song's so good <laughs> The chorus on that one too, like they all just they, the verses build so well to, 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 to like great choruses. I don't know. It, it reminds me of like you know like because she is so like, it, it does feel like she's about to like give up and like be like she's like done with it all. Um, mm-hmm. But like it feels like she's like blazing at like it's like a comet that like blazes out before like dying. Like how it like, like illuminates oh, in yeah. that way. Like and I. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, reg- I'm See, that's the, that's my um, 
cover of that song, by the way, for Norman <laughs> freaking Rockwell. <laughs> like, well, her like her vocals on it are so she does such a good job of like selling it. I think mm. um, she just has such a passionate like performance on it. I feel like, yeah. And for me, that just really like solidifies the song. But well, yeah, and it's one that like kind of deviates a little bit from like her typical thing because uh, she does have like a small um, like instrumental in there and then she has like the uh, outro at the end and uh Mm -hmm. it so like it's automatically like a little bit more uh interesting than some of the other songs on the album like for that alone but then like the uh style of it and like the um way that she talks and everything and like the nostalgia that she has it's like she kind of imposes a nostalgia like on the listener as well right and i feel like that was one of the like this is really the song that kind of tied in the most i thought with the like actual name of the record like referencing norman rockwell because i mean basically like his i mean his whole his whole paintings were all about like you know american life just from what he saw like what he thought was great about it um, and now she's like singing in the song about, you know, what's happening right now in America and how it's basically like, oh, this is what like this is what I miss. This is what it's like now. Um, so I think it kind of it kind of parallels Norman Rockwell, I feel like. Yeah, yeah I feel like this and Venice Bitch uh, definitely like fit the most um, in that vein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I love the. The great, I, this is the one of the few times in my life where I teared up at a guitar solo. Like, <laughs> it's such a cliche thing to go, like, for a musician to go, and everyone in the crowd going, like, yeah! Like, like <laughs> this is, like, really powerful. And, like, it, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's like Jack Antonoff's production is just, again, supporting Lana. Like mm-hmm. being very egoless in his production of just letting her drive the song, like it, it it's really really great. And like um, it is like this grief for like you know this life that she knew, and like I miss doing nothing the most of all. Like that is deeply yeah, right, that relatable. Line. <laughs> like yeah, oh, I, I I love this song. Um, my highlight, you know, beyond the ones you've listed, would be Love Song, I would say. Love Song and Cinnamon Girl are... Mm-hmm. I think, love for me personally, Love Song, Cinnamon Girl, uh, How to Disappear, and uh, California, that string of songs is perfect. I think... Yeah. Like, person, like, you didn't agree... You, you, said he didn't like that song well that doesn't matter so <laughs> like, how dare you <laughs> I, no i was agreeing with like with your like yeah we see your two-faced like nature, your opinion like the <laughs> <laughs> you're a snake like it was a courtesy <laughs> well, yes yeah. that's a given but <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is i'm we're recording this by the way like we're we're like like taylor swift and kanye we're like Kanye recorded the Taylor call. <laughs> this is an example <laughs> of that. Um, no, like um, Love Song in particular, Love Song and Cinnamon Girl, the line, uh, Cinnamon Girl, the line where she says, like, if you can hold me without hurting me, you'll be the first, like, something yeah. along those lines. That is 
deeply, just deeply sad, deeply. Mm-hmm. And but like the way she presents her sadness, you know, the criticism with Lana often is like, oh, she's just like sad girl aesthetic, or like, oh, she's not that deep, or bleh. or it's like she's like kind of like. Or, like, the worst offender. Like, oh, she's, like, you know, doing it for attention or, um, uh, 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 you know, she's, like, kind of self-inflicting this to a degree. Like, that's, like, I really disagree with that here where I think she, she just wants this basic intimacy, this basic level of love and affection that she's just not getting. Um, she just, she just like deeply desires this intimacy and she's not getting it. And it's like, she's so close to it. She's like, and she's trying to make accommodations. She's trying to adjust her expectations and be healthy and do her best, but it's eluding her. She's, it's barely out of reach. And it's like, that, that's why that's, ring of songs is like very powerful to me because that's how I feel a lot of the times of just like oh I'm making the right steps to like be a healthier person and a and a kinder more loving person but then it just feels like it's constantly out of reach and it's like easier for other people um sure yeah sorry if that's like very personal but like it's like it's that's how I feel like a, a lot of the times and uh, I really, pers- personally, I really connected with it a lot. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, that I, I connected so much to it that I cranked off to it. You have now. <laughs> you made it very. <laughs> Do you ask if we're happy now? Huh? Did you say, are you happy now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually very upset. Because no, right I'm not now. happy. <laughs> <laughs> with the, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I was talking to the, uh, the to the imaginary audience that I hate perform to. <laughs> I'm like the Joker, where I <laughs> where I'm always like performing to society, but society doesn't accept me, and that's why I have to rebel and and break free and from conformity and just all that (laughs) anyway other highlights for me (laughs) were uh norman fucking rockwell um mariner's apartment complex which i know you mentioned sean and then Mm -hmm. uh hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have yeah i like that one too yeah yeah i feel like yeah like i said it just starts and finishes very strong um and I the like opposite of this uh, podcast. kind of <laughs> I like kind of how she um, uses like the color blue and stuff in the first couple of songs uh, yeah. to symbolize like her own uh, happiness and uh, like kind of a new period of her life. Like uh apparently um at the end of her uh last album uh the last lines that she said were out of the black into the blue and um like it was kind of intentional for her to like jump from that to uh then like norman fucking rockwell um where she says like uh your head in your hands as you color me blue Mm. and then like mariner's apartment complex uh where she says like uh, paint me happy in blue and stuff and or i think that's 
there's Vanders like apartment complex. There's like one in uh, Cinnamon Girl where I think one of the pills are blue um, that she mentioned. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. Mariner's apartment complex. That's uh, Venice Bitch. But uh, yeah, the, that she does mention that in Cinnamon Girl as well. Like one of the pills are blue. And, and I mean, that's one thing, too. I feel like she does a good job of throughout the songs, t- like throwing in little words or phrases that really tie the other songs together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, she has like this aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> like the color blue. <laughs> um, well, and I like to whether she meant to or not, she like, well, she meant to she talks about like Laurel Canyon a lot. And um, yeah, I thought it was cool because uh, like especially in the opening song, Norman Rockwell, she uh, says like the color blue. And then she mentioned like Laurel Canyon. And so I was like, oh, she's kind of like referencing Joni Mitchell a little <clears> bit because she has that album blue. And she oh yeah, a, she's a huge fan of uh, Joni Mitchell apparently too. So oh okay. Yeah, she's that's she, uh, not that makes far sense. Off. It's all part of the Lana Del Rey cinematic universe. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Well, yeah, and then she references Fear Fun. Uh, like she has so many references yeah. in Venice Father Bitch, John Misty. but like the yeah Father John Misty album, mm. and um, apparently she's like a huge fan of him as well, and. Uh, she uh, he was actually in like one of her music videos too mm-hmm. and she had like actually written a song about him as well and yeah i read so i was going through reddit earlier today and i read that uh people were like is norman fucking rockwell about uh father john misty they were like oh like they thought that they were had like an affair oh, or something no. like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like this father is john misty way loves off. his wife well she <laughs> yeah, does exactly. she does love daddies you know Lana does. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that she would totally go for Father John Misty, but like he is happily married. So. Well, when like, someone was like, in the co- someone said that in the comments, they were like, "Oh, I don't think she would hurt his wife would mind." <laughs> oh no! I was like, oh, are, we, are we sure about that? Well, when I think of John, Father John Misty, I think, "Oh, that's a happy man." <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's very happy with the world right now, with everything. Oh man. Um. So, any uh, any stray observations on this record before we go to closing thoughts? Uh. Anything you have to get off your chest? Let me look at my notes. Oh, uh, this is the first episode <laughs> I didn't write notes for. I just like this is all this is all in my noggin. This is like the second episode that I did write notes for. <laughs> hey, the transitive property. <laughs> there's a there's a. Uh, I just. Oh, I was gonna say I just said I wrote down that I felt like she wasn't really like, and I we kind of touched on this earlier, but she's not really like quote hiding behind instrumentation mm. um so again just her I, feel, I really like her vocals in the forefront of the the mixes and stuff yeah so. i like i i like that in this record she's not like in in, in uh ultraviolet ultraviolence i was listening to it and like she was hiding behind a trumpet i was like hey get, get stop mm-hmm. doing that <laughs> <laughs> like it was like get back here <laughs> get back here on my <laughs> <laughs> <Get back here. laughs> uh, okay so um yeah any other thoughts Ezra before we kind of close up I don't really have anything else I need um, to say well one thing that the greatest kind of brought up like uh for me um that I didn't really talk about is like uh I am really 
bothered by her uh, politics and everything and how, like, uh, she, um, I don't know, that song, like, I loved it, but, like, the, uh, like, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, like, with the outro and everything, uh, just a little bit, um, because of her talking about, like, all of these things, like, going wrong in the world mm-hmm. and, uh, all of this stuff, um, but she didn't really start paying attention, it feels like, until, um, Trump was elected. And, uh, like stuff that she said publicly, um, she like just started kind of, uh, speaking out about things like when he was elected and like, it's still like, she, it's like too little too late (laughs) in a way. And it's very like white feminist. Like she, uh, she's like a millionaire, like, you know, she has millionaire politics. Well, and she's been quoted kind of as saying like, that uh, she didn't really feel the like need to say things before, like because before she actually said that she was like anti-feminist, and mm. uh, then uh, she changed her stance a couple of years later, um, like in 2017, and uh, said that she wouldn't really say that now because um, like now it's her friends that like. Like, she feels like she and her friends are actually, like, in danger of getting their rights taken away and stuff like that. And, yeah, it it just is very, like, white feminist, very, like, she only cares if it impacts, like, her very small, like, I mean, her very large demographic, but, like, her very, like, small friend group. Um, Mm. And she doesn't really care when it's... uh, trans women who are being targeted when it's um like women of color who are being targeted and uh yeah it's just really shitty yeah hmm i never thought of it like that because yeah yeah i i I could i really can see that like that's real that's such a bummer and and she is she is kind of like even now she's kind of like a little more She's kind of on the fence about some of this stuff, too. She's like, I'm not really a Democrat, not really a Republican. I'm just, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's, like, not really committing to one thing or the other completely, which is, like, I, it's, like, th- th- this whole thing's a process. You do have to be, like, and I'm not saying this to anyone in particular, but, like, you do, like, there, there's room for kindness and, like, room to, like, let people figure things out. But I really, it's also, like, it's an imperative time right now, so... Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that she's kind of had time to figure this stuff out, and she uh, is she has, like, this huge platform and stuff, and so, like, I think that uh, she could use it a lot more responsibly. Yeah. So do you think, like, do you then think that she's also, she might just be mentioning this just for, like, the likes, baby. To get the conversation going? Like, just to be like, hey, I'm in the conversation now, too. Like, even though I don't necessarily. It feels more like I, personal. I don't think so. I don't know. It feels more personal. Like, you think it she's does, pretty genuine about it? Yeah, it does feel um, a little bit more personal. And it, uh, it it's kind of like those people who uh, started saying, like, um, a year after Trump was elected, like, 
wow, it turns out this guy is really racist or something like that. Or like, <laughs> like he uh, obviously weren't listening. <laughs> or they uh, started saying like, well, I just don't think he should be in the White House and like kind of <laughs> making their uh, politics like centered around him instead of like around the issues that got him elected in the first place. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, totally. On that note, let's uh, get into our final thoughts on the record. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that our final thoughts? No, no like, um, well, Ezra, like, let, let's have you, let's have you, like, kind of conclude, I, I guess. Um, if that's, like, your, if that's, like, the big, if that's one of the big bugaboos with the record, like, what are, what are your thoughts on the record all, overall, and how would you rate it? Um, so, overall, like, that doesn't really um, hold a lot of weight on my thoughts of the record as a whole, um, because I, uh, like, that holds a lot of weight on my thoughts of Lana Del Rey as a person, and, uh, like, I just am disappointed. I think that she could do a lot better. Um, do better. But, as, <laughs> but uh, the album in and of itself, like... Uh, I think was uh, very good from start to finish, like very few low points. Um, like I said, it was pretty much like just those uh, two songs for me, the next best American record. And then, well, I mean, just kind of one and a half songs because California like back and forth on. Um, and yeah, it was uh, very solid. And uh, I, think all in all i would rate this um nine out of ten cats in the yard Ooh. <laughs> okay sean what are, what are your thoughts what are your what's your what are your final thoughts and uh rating and rating of this record um i mean overall i do like i i really enjoyed it um like i said i thought it was a big big step up from what she's been doing in the past um again i just i think the big the big points for me were just the the stronger vocals, the less kind of crowded instrumentation. Um, I just there were points though I feel like I wanted more from the from her voice, uh, like vocally. Like I said, the points when you know the songs really build up and I'm expecting her to like just wail, and uh, I feel like she kind of lets me down a little bit. I would say, rating wise. Um, I would say probably, I'm going to say seven cherry Cokes out of ten. Mm. Okay. Uh, as for me, uh, I love this record. I think the production is top-notch, and once again, I love how egoless Jack Antonoff's production is and how, like, Lana's voice and writing and, you know, uh, vocals are in the forefront. I love the, I love the writing itself. It's very potent. It's very powerful. Uh, very relatable, and uh, her vocals are, you know, th her vocals are better than ever, and um, angelic, mm -hmm. and and simple, but elegance, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy this record. Um, I just think there are a few songs that could be cut, or a few songs that could be shortened. Uh, so there's sometimes it's a little redundant, but that's my only real complaint. So I'm going to give it 9. 9.5 bar to tenders out of 10. 
Okay, so those are our thoughts on the record. But if you want to uh, talk to us, uh, please comment on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page, on our Twitter, um, and uh, or email us at I've been mean to listen to that at gmail.com. Um, and we could talk there. We could you could you could let us know how wrong we are. So now we're gonna get into our <laughs> I've been mean to listen to that. And I did. Playlist. Play what do you do? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Playlist. There we go. Sean, did you join in a little bit there? Yeah. I did. All right. Did a little harmony, or I tried to. <laughs> that was a great harmony, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's um, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We should com- we should join Fifth Harmony, like we uh, us three. <laughs> Eighth, eighth we harmony? could be the sixth, seventh, and eighth harmonies. That's right. That's how many <laughs> harmonies are in a chord. I don't know. I don't know music. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> close. So, uh, uh, who wants to go first? I'll go um, first. I, oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the song I chose, because um, I I chose the song because I feel like it ties in to all the references uh, to Laurel Canyon throughout the record. Um, So I did, I chose Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Ooh, click. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. And you've probably heard it, but we've probably heard the Counting Crows version of it. Um, but I picked the song to you because I feel like it's very relevant I to the song to you. <laughs> That's what you said. Did I say yes? That? Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> just, just edit that out. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I make mistakes. I'm human. Okay. Uh, but no, so I picked this one because, um, like I said, I, f- I feel like it's very relevant to uh, what's going on in the world today, especially with the climate. Um, because the song itself is basically about how, like, Joni Mitchell, I think she was in Hawaii when she was, like, inspired by the song, and she was, like, looking out at the ocean or whatever, and then she looked down, and there was this just giant parking lot covering the whole, like, I can't, I don't know if she said, like, as far as the eye can see or whatever like that, but basically just the idea of we're tearing down all these natural resources to to put up buildings that we don't need and stuff like that. Is, so who, I feel like it was very appropriate. What is this, a villain in a tr- Curious George cartoon? <laughs> what? That was, that's what happened in that movie. Like, the villain oh, wanted to the build movie. a car- parking lot. <laughs> like, he's a villain. Did they just play that song throughout the whole thing? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a beautifully wholesome reference. <laughs> I like that movie. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure your mom doesn't check you into bed every night? <laughs> she does like... I'm more like you than me. <laughs> she does like uh, hold my eyelids open to watch that movie. And I have a Stockholm <laughs> Syndrome relationship. <laughs> and then she like puts that glass of frozen milk on my desk. Anyways. There you um, go. <laughs> hey guys, what is it? Is it Mother's Day? When we're releasing this? Is this Mother's this Day? Moms? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. We should put out another poll. <laughs> Okay, so Ezra, what is your pick for this one? Um, my pick is going to be um, a Father John Misty song Ooh. Uh, because Daddy. since Lana Lana Del Rey <laughs> is uh, yes, such a Father John Misty stan, as am I. Um, 
Like, not because she is, but, like, I have been a huge fan of him for a while. Um, and the first song that I actually heard by him uh, was Holy Shit. And so <gasps> that is my pick. Holy shoot. Click. Actually, uh, the story behind it is that like he wrote it um, on like like right before his wedding, oh. and uh, yeah, he um, it's not like a romantic song, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was just like all of these things were going through his mind, like he was just very overwhelmed. But uh, basically, it's like there's all of this shit going on in the world. Um, but he, like, does still have love for her. So I guess it's, like, kind of romantic in a way, but it's, like, <laughs> a weird kind of Father John Misty type of romance. Oh. Um, but, yeah. So I highly recommend that song. Okay. And my pick for um, this record, this, al- this episode, is um, I'm going to go with uh, Peach by Kevin Abstract. Click. Hey, she met me, let me fuck in the shower. I wrote my number in the mist on the mirror. I'm not the type to tell my homies about ya. You're not the type to hold me down through the years. I'll be your baby. I did this song because it is um, Kevin Abstract is um, he's a rapper from uh, you know, he's the lead of Brockhampton and he also has like a solo career as well. And uh, I he sought out Jack Antonoff to produce this record after listening to Venice Bitch, after like listening to that song. I said it, by the way. <laughs> um, after <laughs> listening to that song, he was like, I want that. And so like he they work together and it's like a perfect summer jam. But it's also like very melancholy and sad. It's about like partners who like are not quite what they're looking for or like partners who can't quite commit to them. Like it's like Kevin Abstract is the is rapping verses on it and like uh Dominic Fikes is like doing the chorus as well as Bareface and Joba. They're doing like th- the way they trade off and like the chemistry between those four members are like it's impeccable. It's like heavenly how like beautiful it is, but it's also like deeply sad and like um, melancholy. So yeah, I love that song. Summer vibes, step on me, daddy, all that stuff. Mm-mm. So yeah. Very nice. <laughs> we did it. Uh, this is a lovely fun episode, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah. you for having and thanks me. Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's been to- great to have you as a guest. Thanks for <laughs> listening to our show too. That's really, really meaningful. 
Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Sean has prepared a closing sentiment um, that we'll all read together. Once he does, put it in there. Okay. Three, <laughs> two, one. Lana, Lana Del, Rey. Del Rey. More like Elizabeth. More like Elizabeth Grant. Got him. Thanks for having a good day. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Click. Yeah.